Welcome everybody to Funeral Nation episode 187. I'm Ryan Thogmartin. That guy's Jeff the Funeral Commander Harbison. And uh, this is the only weekly new show serving the funeral profession worldwide. Worldwide. We're, uh, <laughs> we're touching folks everywhere virtually because otherwise we have to stay six feet apart. But uh, you're right. And this has been a heck of a week so far. And uh, of course, this wouldn't work on this show or anything with uh, Funeral Nation if it wasn't for our company, our friends at CNJ Financial. I mean, we're, we've been blessed that all of our folks are operational mm -hmm. and we're still able to get those insurance assignments to the funeral home, take care of families. And, you know, frankly, this is you know, if you need to think about this, that uh, with the layoffs and all that's going on at this point, the use of insurance proceeds to pay for unexpected funerals is no greater than now. Mm -hmm. So I implore you, uh, give me a call or send me an email and I'll work a special deal for you. How about that? We'll call it the uh, F and deal for our <laughs> folks out here. How about that? The best F and insurance deal. It's great. That's great. All right, Jeff. Brian, well, Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say this week has been um, monumental. We had uh, the first ever funeral unconference. You were a part of some panel discussions as well as a, a moderator. Uh, we reached thousands. And when I say thousands of funeral professionals, thousands of funeral professionals. We had over uh, 940 some people registered for the conference. And then it's been streamed everywhere and anywhere, uh, which has been pretty awesome. A lot of great panel discussions, um, really looking at how our profession has been forced to kind of evolve in the last three weeks and, and really ramp up how we use technology. Uh, you and I have been preaching on it for at least three and a half years on this show. Um, I, the first uh, presentation that I gave at scale on why funeral homes need to be on Facebook and engaging in social media was in 2010. So 10 years and gosh, we're now understanding why uh, being ahead of the game and being engaging on social was, was absolutely so important. So um, it, it's been a, it's been a monumental week. It is. And you know, we talk about this on our segment coming up, by the way, folks, you don't want to miss our guest panel today from the Funeral uh, Foundation. Please, uh, you've got to stick around for that because they're offering something that uh, has an effect or can help everyone that's out there in the field. Mm -hmm. But the point being is that if this would have happened 10, 25 years ago, um, our profession would be in the toilet. And I know that there's firms that, you know, have old websites and they don't use technology. They have, you know, that kid up there with the earrings and, you know, the, the drug dealer or whatever they want to call you. That's right. um, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Now you're a genius, right? And so I still think that there's not a significant portion, but there is a segment of our profession that's suffering yeah. because they just did not step up. And now is the time to make it happen. Yeah, there's been this perception that uh, this is death care. Nothing really changes. The family has to come to us. We don't need technology. We don't need Facebook. We don't need social media. Guess what? I've fielded more calls in the last three weeks on how do I go live? How do we create a Facebook page? Like, 
it's been scrambling to figure out how to serve families and the funeral homes that had things in place already. This has been operations as normal. We're just doing things online versus in person. And it hasn't had that huge of effect. I mean, there's been changes. I mean, we can't disregard that, but you know, right. they've been able to keep serving and, and are, are serving more families now because they've got the technology available to make virtual arrangements and live stream. But, you know, I, I think you and I were talking kind of before we recorded, like, what's the news of, of kind of the week? And, you know, honestly, for me, I think that it's been just seeing how funeral homes across the country are stepping up and getting creative and not only how they serve families, but how they're serving their community a number of suppliers that are stepping up, the Funeral Service Foundation putting a fund together. Like this profession is spread out all over and we're still one big family. And, you know, we've seen in communities, in our own community here in Zanesville, Ohio, one of our clients has reached out to other funeral homes and said, look, if you need staff, if you need a car, if you need somewhere, a parking lot big enough to hold everybody, like funeral homes that are, like this all year long coming together to be able to serve and, and utilize the resources that they have sharing PPEs and masks. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing to see. Um, and I just want to throw one, two, two real creative ways that we've seen funeral homes step up to be able to still serve families with an in-person viewing, but respect gathering restrictions and our physical distancing that we need to keep. Um, we talked to one funeral homeowner today who had a service yesterday where the family and everyone that they invited stayed in their car in the parking lot. And there were about 60 cars in the parking lot. Everybody had their windows down. The funeral home set up big speakers and had a megaphone and they did the funeral in the parking lot. Everyone could still be in attendance, but they were just in their respective cars with the windows down. Very innovative, still serving the family at the highest capacity. Nobody that attended that funeral was going to forget that and what the funeral home did and how they stepped up. And the other one, um, we've got a client that that has an overhang in their a, a kind of a drive-through overhang at their their property at their front door where they were able to do an outside drive-through viewing. They bring bring the body out, families sure. drive through, roll the window down, talk to the, the the grieving family, and give condolences and and move on. So. You know, it, it's forced us as a profession to get creative um, and be innovative in how we how we serve families. I'm with you. And here's what concerns me, because we still have a certain amount of folks out here that are saying, well, you know, this isn't that bad, et cetera. We're seeing in gatherings. I saw one in New York in the middle of the street. It was a funeral and people are all packed together. In fact, the city is now investigating a funeral. Um, and so we don't need that in the news, folks. That's right. That's this right. is the real deal. Get creative. Step it up. This is you're forced to change. And I think that's going to be the big issue for us is sooner or later. I mean, we've seen outbreaks from a funeral in, in uh, Georgia mm -hmm. you know, that mm -hmm. actually had a death that came from it, I believe. And if I'm wrong, there was infections. That's but right. the point being is. Let's not put ourselves in the news because we're doing something stupid. Follow the rules, folks. It's not time to, to mess up. That's right. That's right. When we even saw a funeral home in Indiana where uh, eight of their staff are self-quarantined from serving a family that uh, had a someone affected that they didn't know at the time when they were serving that family. So 
It's it's dangerous and and um I I'm, I was supposed to deliver the uh, Cincinnati College of Mortuary Science commencement speech uh, in, in two weeks and that that commencement's obviously been canceled. Uh, so I'm I'm recording a, a video that they can send out to all of the graduates. Just a short kind of motivational, inspirational, uh, virtual commencement speech, but. You know the point that I'm trying to make in that in that video is, it, this is what you signed up to do, and, and this That's is right. the profession that you're going into. And if you're sitting there right now, graduating mortuary school, wondering, would I really want to serve a family in this time? You're pick you picked the wrong profession. Uh, yeah. You know this isn't right for you because at at the that oath that you're taking when you make the commitment to to serve in this profession this is the time that you step up and you serve um and and this is what you're signed up to do there's two businesses that can't close in every community the hospital and the funeral home well let's uh let's get on to our distinguished panel from yes. the funeral service foundation this is exciting folks please tune in and watch this as we shared with you earlier, we're excited to have a panel with us today of professionals from the Funeral Service Foundation. And so rather than me going through it, we all know each other. How about we start with Lee and introduce yourself and we we'll go to Kim and to Bob. Sure, hi there, I'm Lee Winch. I'm the Executive Director of the Funeral Service Foundation. Nice to meet y'all. Hey Jeff, thanks. I'm Kim Medici Shelquist and I'm the Senior Planning of, um, or Senior Vice President of Planning and Development for Homesteaders. Um, and also, and uh, perhaps where a passion lies, I am a trustee of the Funeral Service Foundation. Wow. I'm Bob Arrington of Arrington Funeral Directors in Jackson, Tennessee, and I'm the immediate past chair of the Funeral Service Foundation. Excellent. Well, the reason we have you here, number one, thank you for what you're doing for our business out here and our profession. But uh, you had an announcement the other day that the foundation is launching a COVID-19 crisis response fund. So, uh, Lee, would you like to start off uh, sharing with us what's going on there? And certainly, Kim and Bob, chime in. Sure. The, as this whole COVID uh, crisis has evolved, we are working closely. You know, we, our offices are housed within the National Funeral Directors Association. We are the philanthropic arm of NFDA. And so we are hearing... Before we all went home, we were hearing it in the hallways. And now, of course, we're hearing it um, on all of our calls about how um, valiantly funeral directors are responding to this crisis and how much support they are needing already and are going to continue to need over the next months to respond to this crisis. And we knew that as the um, philanthropic arm of NFDA and really a, a philanth or a, an organization that serves all of funeral service, it was important to us to do something to respond. Um, we have been raising money for years that we can um, give to great causes. You know, we fund scholarships and continuing education and grants. This is the, an immediate need and the foundation has responded in the past to crises. This feels like a really big, a big need in a way that we could get involved in a, in a meaningful way and help immediately. Okay. And so if y'all could share, give us some ideas how this fund could be used within our funeral profession. Well, what we're doing is, of course, the big question is what's next and what will be needed. We right. think we know, uh, but since we're so early on in the, in the virus and the need and the crisis, obviously New York is where the core is that's giving us most of our information as to what's coming down the line. But 
just being able to help with supplies, uh, equipment, the basic needs of what funeral directors are going to need now. Uh, NFDA has put out a call for any volunteers of anybody that could go to what they're calling hot spots. Uh, possibly this fund could help in those travel expenses of those volunteers so they're not out of pocket uh, trying to help. And then going forward, we feel or we suspect there's going to be some grief needs mm -hmm. both for families and probably some grief and mental help for the funeral directors that have been going through this forever how long it's going to be. It may be another month or two or three. We all know nobody knows. So it's, it's an overall umbrella to help support funeral service in any way that we know we possibly need now, but also having money there for the unknown as to what may be coming down the line. Correct. And it's, you know, it's interesting, Bob, that you state that. Um, the known changes every day. Correct. And I think this has uh, created within our profession, um, Ryan and I talked about it earlier uh, this week, that right now the status quo is be fluid. Mm -hmm. There is nothing right now that's going to, to be static because it shifts and changes. Right. Uh, right. And, and you know, one of the things that, that I call back to is the time I spent in hospice care and my time since then working with funeral professionals is that so often we have silos and we don't interact. You know, the community only acts with the funeral home when there's a death or the um, hospice only acts with the funeral home when there's a transfer. And we're really now talking about a crisis that brings end of life to the forefront for every single person who turns on the news. And um, the foundation, and one of the reasons I'm so passionate about uh, the Funeral Service Foundation is because it really is on, it's focused on creating linkages between all of those very important pieces of the end of life and helping the funeral home connect to the community, helping the funeral professional understand what's happening and identify ways to serve. Mm -hmm. And so now uh, with this fund to be able to actually support the way that, that funeral professionals are going to be called to serve in ways that we we really can't even imagine yet. Like you said, every day is fluid. We don't know what it's going to look like, but to have a fund that um, provides support for that activity is just one more way that we all come together in the middle of a really, really trying time for all of us. I agree. Absolutely. So how can uh, those in the profession give to the fund or request support from the fund? So we have um, a link on our website that's uh, set up now and ready to go to accept donations. That's at funeralservicefoundation.org. Um, we have had some great contributions already. Um, small contributions, for example, a funeral director the other day saw um, an email that we put out. He hasn't made a gift to the foundation in about 15 years, but saw this and said, I'm retired. There's nothing I can do to help right now except this. And mm -hmm. it felt great to him to be able to, to make a gift. Mm -hmm. So we've had some, uh, some gifts from individual funeral directors already. The foundation has um, dedicated $200,000 to this fund as an, initial, as an initial grant. And NFDA gave us a lead gift uh, just today of $50,000, which we're thrilled right. to have. Um, but individuals and corporations can donate through that funeralservicefoundation.org. Uh, website. They can also um, mail us a check 
or um, call us at uh, 262-814-1549 to make a gift over the phone. Uh, but there's some other great news about, about gifts that have already been given and a matching gift. And Kim, would you like to announce that? I would, I would. So I had time to visit with my uh, good friend and my boss, who is the uh, best, biggest fan of Peyton Manning, apparently. <laughs> um, and Steve, as you all know, has been in funeral service for probably his whole career, if you take out a few years as an accountant. And he and I talked, and so homesteaders would like to donate $100,000 to oh, the wow. COVID-19 fund for wow. the Funeral Service Foundation. We want to put that forward as a matching donation. What we'd really like to see is other folks who work in the profession like we do, who care so much about what our professionals are experiencing, to, to come on and join us and help us get to that 100,000 by creating your own donation. Um, so yeah, we're very, we're, you, you know, uh, this is all we do. All we do is work with funeral professionals. We don't have other lines of business. We're passionate about it. And everyone who works at Homesteaders understands how important it is to help families, whether it's to prearrange so they get their wishes honored when the time comes, or whether it's in times like this where we just have to step up and make sure communities and professionals get what they need. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Thank you and homesteaders for uh, for stepping up. So everybody heard that this watching it. So <clears throat> casket companies, fluid companies, everyone else, especially now, I want to go ahead and say this, Kim, com your competitors, <laughs> if, you don't, if you don't step up, they own this. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just trying to up the ante for Thank you, Jeff. I appreciate that. And you are a great promoter. And of course, <laughs> of course, we we like being first, but true, truly, this is about a company and individuals like like Steve Schaefer, who have such a passion for what we do. And we just want to make sure that people are able to do it safely and well and that they're able to meet the needs of the community. So I agree if we with can you. Do that, we're happy to do it. You know, and it, it's interesting because we are an industry that's really small, a profession. And, you know, what I'm seeing, and Ryan is, is witness too, that in this time of, you know, a lot of times our competitors, sometimes we won't eat in the same restaurant. But we're Bob, you know that, don't you? I know you? that. <laughs> and, you know, the, the, what I've always found interesting is our competitor down the street you know, is the worst guy in the world until it comes to pricing, and I'm going to be a hundred dollars under that guy. But I'll leave that alone. But the point being is, we are a small community, and the blessing is, at times like this, we all draw in and uh, circle our wagons, and uh, we're seeing that across the industry. You know, especially as you mentioned earlier, where there are funeral professionals that are going into the battle zone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, that that don't even have a. a lack of a word, a, a dog in the fight, right. that they want to help. And so um, I, I think we should applaud ourselves and take a step back because this is a time that I don't think we'll ever see again. And That's if great. you don't participate, I, I think you'll be remiss. Yeah. And you know, the funeral director DNA is to help. And I think that's a lot of uh, 
that I think funeral directors are, I don't want to say frustrated, but the fact that they can't help these families, because that's just usually what we do. You know, if they want to, as we've said around here many times, if they want a funeral on the roof, we just figure out how many ladders we got. <laughs> you know, and now they want to have a funeral and the funeral director can't fix it all of a sudden. So that's why we think as a foundation of, of when I mentioned the support going forward that this too is going to affect some funeral directors because we're hurting and grieving for families that we can't help that six months ago we could kind of make it all better. So, and we are a DNA of helping. And I think that's why you'll see volunteers go from Texas to New York and, you know, Missouri to, to New Orleans. So uh, that's just kind of the way funeral directors are built. And they've always been there to help each other and families, especially. I agree with you. It's uh, it's like one big family. Right. You know, one thing I want to sort of emphasize that we had on earlier and it's a blessing but to, you know, to take a look at the SBA opportunities, all these family-owned businesses or family-owned small business, I implore you to make good use of what's available to you. Um, interestingly enough, and Ken probably knows this because she watches the death rates with the company, et cetera. But you know, believe it or not, the last three weeks, our death rate has been declining in Absolutely. percentages. Yeah, And so as much as we hear of what's going on on the negative, mm -hmm. um, there are some positive with less people dying, but that doesn't necessarily transcend in, uh, to our work. So it's, uh, it's awesome how everybody's working together. Absolutely. Well, this, is, this has been fantastic. Uh, I, I applaud the foundation for, for what you're doing, stepping up. Um, and those that are stepping up and, and giving as well. Uh, the Funeral Nation would, would like to make a $1,000 donation a, as well oh, to the fund. Thank you. Um, thank so you. We, we'll we have, match it. Thank you. Yeah, homesteaders will match it. So All right. Uh, thank you, Ryan. <laughs> so, and hey, let me, let me tell you too, you, you had asked how people can apply for grants, and I yeah. don't want to let this go without letting you know how to do that. So Bob mentioned that there are we have two giving funding priorities right now, and the first is emergency assistance, and the second is grief support. So we know that those first bit, those first uh, grant requests that are gonna come in are for that emergency assistance. So we can fund things like supplies and equipment and travel for volunteers. Um, we do have to grant through a 501c3 organization, and we'll walk you through that on our website. But as of Monday, April 6th, there will be an application for people seeking grants from this fund. Um, it'll be live, on, again, on funeralservicefoundation.org. And you'll be able to give us the information. You can tell us um, how much money you need, the purpose, um, all of the contact information, and then who your fiscal agent is. And for many individual funeral directors, for example, it would be their state um, funeral association that they're a awesome. member of. We can help make a grant uh, jointly through them so that they can um, tax-wise get the money in, in, a, in the, the right way and make sure that, you know, that things are tracked properly. Um, but again, uh, as of Monday, April 6th, that form will be live on funeralservicefoundation.org and we'll be ready to start accepting grant requests. Our current plan is that we'll review those requests weekly um, and that we have a committee that will be reviewing those and approving um, the requests and we'll be able to send out money very quickly. Excellent. Awesome. Mm -hmm. yeah, well, I thank you for uh, all. I'm sorry, Bob. Go ahead. That's okay. I just wanted to say again, thank you to Kim and Steve and Homesteaders for putting that $100,000 match out there, that will help jumpstart this fund tremendously. But, you know, 
I'm very grateful, but I'm really not surprised. Homesteaders has always been one that steps up and steps out and steps first. And they've been great supporters of the foundation. Uh, Steve is a past trustee and chair and uh, a great mentor to many of us. So thank you homesteaders, but they've always been right there for those of us that need, need funeral service assistance. Absolutely. Thanks Thanks for you for what you do, Bob. <laughs> and thank you, Ryan and Disrupt Media for that $1,000 pledge. Absolutely. We'll send you an invoice. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Thanks. Well, thank you all so much for being here. I know there's a lot going on and uh, we appreciate you taking out time to share what the benefits are that you're uh, offering out here. But more so, this is the heart of our business. Yeah. This is what we do. And I, I want to implore our folks out in the field, the folk, people who are working, their families who are put in jeopardy because mom or dad's going into the mortuary to work, you know, hang in there. And I, I just firmly believe that this is not a time to survive. It's a time to thrive, change everything. You right. know, if this would have happened 25 years ago, we would have been in a mess yeah. because we couldn't do what we're doing exactly right now. True. So in such a time as this, True. Don't survive. Get out there and thrive. Thank That's you. Right. All. Thank you. Appreciate your help. Thank you. Uh, great stuff. Uh, just a, It's how our profession comes together. We, we see it every day, but it's magnified during during this type of time of crisis. Yeah. And I, I, again, a big shout out to uh, Steve Schaefer. He's been on our show. I know he's a big Peyton Manning fan. Uh, folks will remember. We can pull that back up again. <laughs> But seriously, Steve and, and everyone at Homesteaders, uh, yeah. you're the epitome of, of what we need to do in our business. Um, speaking of which, we have our friends at Plotbox over in Ireland, and uh, we are just excited that they're on board as sponsors and uh, looking. Uh, I hate it because we would have all been together this week. That's right. In, in San Antonio. So uh, that makes it when we do get together even more important. But thank you for the folks out there at Plotbox. And uh, we're blessed if our entire reach here with Funeral Nation uh, has become very significant and watched. And we're hearing back from people that were at the beginning skeptical about what we were doing. And now, you know, how do you like me now? How do you <laughs> like me now? You know, we're, we're, uh, we're fulfilling the dream that we actually had at the beginning. That's right. That's right. I mean, this is why we do what we do. And this week has been a testament to that of how we've been able to virtually bring thousands of funeral professionals together at one time to have big, powerful, high level conversations where people are learning, adapting, applying to their business um, and just sharing. Uh, you know, it's, it's interesting without the conference where we all would have been together I'm starting to wonder if what we've done virtually has brought more of us together than the actual conference would have. Um, it, it's, it's interesting, but you know, it, um, uh, Kim on, on our interview said it best. She's like, this is the huggiest profession that there is. And so yes, to, to, to miss out on the opportunities to give some handshakes and hug those people that you only see a couple times a year. I think we all can, with a resounding chorus, agree that, that we miss that opportunity, um, but glad we can connect in, in this format. That's it. Well, brother, thank you for your work. You keep you and your family and company safe up there. And Same to uh, you. we're going to burn off a lot of coronavirus this weekend. I think we're going to be in the 80s. So uh, 
I, I can't necessarily get out and uh, hang out with the, the buds and the friends, but I, I might work on my tan a little bit this week. There you go. You can probably work <laughs> on that golf swing too, right? Yeah. Yeah. The golf courses are still open. So that's pretty Good interesting. For you. Here. All right, brother. Thank you so much, Commander. Uh, until next time, have a great effing week. Out here. <laughs>